This is Katie and Kay, Carbondale Community Access Radio, and you're tuned tuned into Ask the Vet this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I've got some vets on the phone to answer all your questions about pet, um, I think, toxicity issues. So let's bring them up. Veterinarians, are you there? We are. All right. Perfect. Well, if you want to start with an introduction so the listeners know who they're talking to, that'd be great. And I'll just go ahead and remind listeners as well that this is a call-in show, and I'm here to connect you to the vets on the line. So you can call in with your questions at 970-963-2976. All right. I'll let you all take it from here. Sounds good. So I'm Dr. Jen Davis um, from Alpine Animal Hospital. And I'm Rochelle. I'm one of the nurses here. And we were going to talk today about a very common uh, problem that we see, and that's pets getting into poisons and toxins and everyday items that you might not think are poisonous or toxic, what to look for, and um, just some strategies to keep your pet safe. So we've kind of compiled a list. Um, The ASPCA puts out uh, a list every year of the most common phone calls that they get, and they categorize them of things that pets are getting into. So we will probably just go down the list, and um, you guys can call in with any questions you might have. And real real quick, this is Kathleen in the studio. Can you remind us what ASPCA is? Yeah, it's the uh, American Society for the Protection um, and Care of Animals. I believe it's the old moniker. Okay. Um, and we will have some information for their phone numbers um, for everybody to, to jot down and keep them in a safe place. Perfect. Okay. All right. So the first one we have on the list is our over-the-counter medications such as Tylenol um, and things like that. Yeah. So these are any medications that are in the house with the family. Um, some of them are safe and most of them are not. So that's where it gets a little um, a little confusing for pet owners. So in the olden days, we used to give pets aspirin and things like that. Um, and nowadays, we don't recommend that. So any of those uh, tablet things, ibuprofen, Tylenol, aspirin, any creams, um, steroid creams, antihistamines, all of those things that you would buy just, you know, at a Rite Aid. A lot of times um, owners will notice when they get home, they find evidence of their pet having gotten into those. So, and a pet may be acting strangely, drooling. Um, A lot of times you might not see anything with these ingestions. So, things to watch out for. if you can get as much information about the medication as possible um, when you give the ASPCA a call. So the strength of the medication. How much they took. How many tablets you might think were left. The weight of your pet. Um, how long ago they ate it. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, how many pets in the house. And it was dog or cat. So. And why can't uh, pets have aspirin? So any of those, that's a really good question. Um, It seems like such a safe drug for us. Um, These over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are called, so that's going to be ibuprofen and aspirin and all the ibuprofen. What are some other ibuprofen types? Aleve, Advil, Naproxen, Naproxen. Those all, dogs are really 
exquisitely sensitive to the uh, stomach side effects. So getting gastric ulcers and bleeding would be the first one. More sinister uh, consequences are kidney failure um, and some liver side effects as well. So it's very important that we keep these away from our pets. Yeah. Um, and then our second one on the list is our human prescription. So anything that we personally get from the doctors. This could be cardiac drugs, ADHD medications, antidepressants, uh, chemo drugs. Yeah. So basically all that same information. We normally keep these a little more out of reach, but they are they were the second most commonly reported ingestion in household pets um, in 2020. So really our medications are the are the most common things that our pets are getting into. <clears throat> um, the prescription drugs are equally as as concerning as the over-the-counter medications. Some of them can be very toxic even in small amounts. So if you think your pet's gotten into any of these definitely give them a call. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, what's the third one? The third one we have is food, which I think is a very common thing. Grapes, uh, raisins, chocolate, things with xylitol, um, and our animals that like to eat kind of everything off the counter, this is a common thing that we see. Yeah, so the grapes and raisins, this one's kind of new. I didn't know mm -hmm. about this until maybe eight years ago, yeah? Yeah. So we're finding an a association with grapes and raisins um, and acute kidney failure in pets. And the hard part with grapes and raisins is there is no telling a Labrador eating one raisin or a miniature poodle eating a pound of grapes. Those two animals could have completely different outcomes. Um, things to watch for with, the, with that ingestion if you see it straight away, we would want to make them vomit. Um, if you think maybe they had gotten into it, you know, a couple of days prior, these dogs will start drinking a lot of water, uh, peeing in the house, drinking a lot of water. They may um, not be feeling well. Do they vomit? Occasionally, not always. Um, xylitol is a big one that we don't think about. Um, this is a really dangerous toxin for pets. Um, it's in things like, um, you know, anything that's sugar-free may have xylitol in it as a sweetener. And what do you see when they eat the xylitol? Um, so xylitol causes acute episodes of hypoglycemia. These dogs might have seizures. Is it ever in peanut butter? Yeah, that's actually another new thing. Um, a lot of peanut butters now, people are trying to eat healthier. So they buy peanut butters that are sweetened with xylitol, and that's a really common treat that we give pets. Um, so just if you like to give your pets peanut butter um, to give them their medications and eat just as a treat, make sure you're reading the label and that there's no xylitol in the peanut butter. And then another one, too. Have you ever heard the macadamia nut? One? I actually haven't heard that one before. I think that's one of the newer ones we've yeah. seen. So, any pets getting into a large amount of macadamia nuts can have some neurological side effects. So these dogs kind of walk like they're drunk, stumbly. Um, they can have seizures. Um, so, yeah, macadamia nuts. How soon after they eat the macadamia nuts do you see these side effects? Probably a couple hours. 
Okay. I would think as soon as they start to digest them. That's the only nut that I'm aware of. Um, have you heard of any other no, nuts I have not. to be worried about? Avocados can be another one. It's mostly seed. So the avocado itself, there's something in the seed and the skin. Um, so you would want to avoid that. And then the last food, we have um, large amounts of onion, onions and garlic. Is this raw or cooked? Either one. Either one? Yeah. But the onions and garlic is definitely a quantity. And do what do we see with that, those yeah. toxicities? Yeah. So these guys get anemic, meaning that their red blood cell count gets very low. So these guys are really tired. They might be pale, um, really lethargic, no energy. Um, so yeah, that's their main thing. They're anemic. They have no energy. So. All right. And then before we do our next one, we just want to remind everyone that this is a call-in show. Um, the phone number is 970-963-2976 if you guys have any questions. Um, the next toxicity we have is chocolate um, and coffee. So this is something I think all of us have in our house, um, and they can be very dangerous. What are some of the things we see um, when dogs ingest coffee, and is it raw beans, or is it coffee that's been brewed? Yeah. I don't know a ton of dogs that will drink coffee, but um, if it has cream in it, I guess yeah. they might lap it up. So chocolate and coffee are kind of in their own separate category. Um, I do separate them out from the other foods. Um, they have compounds in them that dogs um, cannot process. So with the coffee, we might like that feeling, that jittery feeling. Um, the reason we're getting that um, caffeine and <clears throat> those compounds, dogs can't get rid of those. So these, and, and chocolate, there are those compounds in chocolate as well. Um, this is cooked chocolate, raw chocolate, coffee beans, coffee grinds, um, coffee chips, um, anything in a in a cake or something like that. The chocolate is dose dependent, so that is uh, little dogs will definitely be affected before big dogs, and it's the quality of the chocolate. So M and M's don't have a lot of Real, real chocolate. Right, them. yeah. So it's the percentage of cocoa um, in the chocolate. So if you think your dog has gotten into a chocolate bar, that's going to be the number one thing that the guys at Poison Control are going to ask you. The weight of your dog, the type of chocolate, and how many ounces. And that is a, a very easy calculation that they can make some treatment uh, recommendations based on. So. And what are some symptoms of chocolate or coffee. Coffee, yeah, yeah. so they're, they're similar. Um, the dogs will get very excitable. Their heart rates will elevate first. Um, that's a very common side effect. Vomiting and diarrhea <clears throat> was the next GI side effects. Um, ultimately, dose-dependently, they will get seizures. Um, they can do have such abnormal heart rate and rhythms that they can throw clots and um, they can die. So seizures, coma, um, and heart arrhythmias leading to, to death. So chocolate and coffee are no joke. So it's really important with these toxicities that you call the ASPCA, get help as fast as possible, mm -hmm. and from their recommendations, to the vet. Yep. Yep, that's what I would recommend. All right. So our next one on the list is vet products. So this is anything that your veterinarian scripts out to you. 
uh, such as carprofen or any thyroid medications, anything we send home uh, with your pet that they could end up deciding to eat the whole bottle. Um, what's the most common one that we see? Yeah, so I would probably say, correct me if your experience <laughs> is different, but a lot of our um, safe non-steroidals for dogs, like Rimadyl, Deramax, a lot of um, like arthritis medications, are that's probably, I would say, the most common. And the reason is, is because um, people, companies are making these drugs tastier and tastier. So a lot of vet products now are made to be little cookies or treats, chewable medications. Tastes like beef. Exactly. They're beef flavored and chicken flavored and cheese flavored. Um, and so dogs like them. They smell good and they want to eat them. So keeping your pet medications put far away from your pets, just like you would with your prescription medications and over-the-counter medications. Some vet products are going to be okay for a single mass ingestion. Um, most are not. So this is definitely another one that you want to know the strength of the tablet, how many were in the bottle, the weight of your pet, and how long ago they ate them before you call the poison control. And what are some things you would see with, you know, a Rimadyl toxicity mm -hmm. or one of these non-steroidal yeah. toxicities? So these guys will probably be okay in the first couple of days. Um, if they do get gastric ulcers from those products, you can notice vomiting with or without blood, uh, diarrhea with blood or just dark, sticky-looking digested blood in their stool. Um, they don't want to eat because uh, ulcers are painful. Um, if they get the kidney side effects, then those dogs are going to be drinking a lot and peeing a lot. They may or may not be vomiting, have a poor appetite. Um, yeah, similar to our over-the-counter medications. All right, the next one we have on the list is household products. This is things like paints, and glues um, that dogs might just be interested in and then decide to eat. <laughs> yeah. So anything, this was surprisingly to me the sixth on the list. And there's ones that follow that I would think would be more common than dogs getting into paint and things like that. These are also cleaning products. <clears throat> so it's funny that dogs drink out of toilets. They probably should not um, if they're getting any residual bleach, comet, those kind of things. Um, this also includes dogs and cats that like to drink out of, like, planters. Um, when we water our plants or we put, you know, things in that, those dogs, and they drink out of the basin, the extra water that comes out, that can be toxic. So keep your pets away from your uh, plants in your house after you've watered them. Um, can you think of any other household? Have you ever had a pet eat a household product? Um, I've had a pet eat duct tape, okay. which is not necessarily <laughs> a chemical product, but just as yeah, yeah, that's more of a mechanical yeah. obstruction rather than a toxicity. So the seventh one on the list is kind of shocking to both of us. Uh, it seems like it might be higher. Uh, and that is rodenticide, which is a deadly toxicity. It's one that needs to be taken very seriously um, because usually it doesn't end up well yeah. for our pets. Yeah. And what exactly happens with those toxicities? Okay. So there's several different rodenticides. And so this is going to be...
be like your mouse bait, rat bait, slug, and snail bait. Um, and they work, the different rodenticides work in different ways. So the most common one that we usually think about is the decon. Um, and that's actually the best one for your pet to get into because there's an antidote. Um, so those decon type um, rodenticides are considered anticoagulants. What does that mean? So that means that they cause the pest the rodent to bleed to death, which is what it will cause in your dog. Um, it interferes with vitamin K um, pathways in the in the blood. So these dogs, um, owners will notice blood coming from anywhere that it shouldn't. <laughs> um, vomiting blood, uh, diarrhea or poop with blood, urinating blood. Will it come out of their nose? It could. Nose bleeds. Um, they also will notice on their gums, they might have like little pinpoint bruising, uh, bruising on their skin. So, um, yes, but there thankfully is an antidote, which is vitamin K, and we can treat these guys with uh, plasma transfusions. If we catch these guys fast enough, then we can we can save the majority of them. So if you do have rodenticide on your property, around your house, just keep it where mice can get everywhere, but your dogs can't. So just remember that. There's other rodenticides. Um, there are calcium rodenticides that cause the rodent to become hypercalcemic, which causes kidney failure and death. Um, and what form do those come in? Are those pellets kind of like the decon? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there are, there's other neurotoxic ones. Unfortunately, those do not have an antidote. If your pet gets into one of those um, types of rodenticides and shows clinical signs, we, we don't have anything to treat them with. So, so it's essentially too late if they get into that mm -hmm. rodenticide. Yeah. So again, when you call ASPCA, it's the dose that they got, the type, the brand, how much, when, and how much your pet weighs. That's a really good, for any of these um, toxins, that's what you want to, your information that you want to have before you call. And all of these toxicities are very time sensitive. So immediately when you find out that your pet ate any of these things, you want to call them and work fast because it's all something that we want to take care of kind of immediately. Um, and then just to remind everyone, this is a call-in show. Our phone number is 970-963-2976. And with that, we'll move on to number eight. And this toxicity is plants. Um, some most common ones are lilies and sago palm. What's a sago palm? Sago palm. It's a beautiful decorative palm that people will put outside. And they are intensely toxic to dogs. Cats usually won't go near them. Lilies is probably the most common house plant that we worry about with cats. And what happens when cats eat lilies? What do we see? Okay, so cats will go into acute kidney failure. Um, any amount of a lily, any amount. So if a cat gets the pollen of a lily on its nose from sniffing it and then grooms it off and licks as, as they do, that can cause a cat um, to go into kidney failure um, very acutely. So if you have cats in your house and your friends like to sell, send flower arrangements, 
please just let them know or you know, pull out the lilies before you display any of those. Um, dogs can eat lilies. And they're, yeah. And they have no okay. side effects <laughs> when okay. dogs eat yes. lilies? The dogs. Cats, for sure, no. Um, there is a huge list on the ASPCA website of plants that are toxic to dogs and cats and the degree of how toxic they are. For instance, poinsettias. How toxic are they? I haven't yeah, that so the, the dreaded poinsettia. Now we know um, they actually just cause some really mild oral irritation, maybe some vomiting. They're just not the the toxic. So that's something that we, we can definitely treat. And and that. we probably don't even need to. Yeah. Okay. So they have a really nice um, with the common name, the species name, and what the expected side effects would be for a dog or for a cat <clears throat> on their website. So, and I, all right, what's, I was going to interrupt with a question uh, from a caller who, yeah. who just asked me instead of going on the air. Um, but she had a dog who she thinks got into some fertilizer, um, not like today, but at <laughs> a previous time. And at yeah. some point afterwards had a seizure and is wondering if there is a connection possibly between those. Yeah, so we that's actually number 10. Wow. So I'll probably just answer all her questions. That's the final one. So we'll go through these last two really quickly, and, and I can answer that question. Okay, perfect. So we have about four minutes. So, yeah, let's hear that. Yeah, cool. All right, so we have two left. So 9 and 10 kind of are similar. 9 is insecticides, um, so ant traps, um, and then bait. And then number 10 is our garden products like fertilizer. So they kind of go yeah, hand so in hand. Things and out together. in the yard. So insecticides are going to be things that we spray, you know, this raid spray and little ant bait, ant traps. Um, the, the recommendation for those, they usually will just cause some oral ulceration. Just look for maybe safer home type, you know, vinegar and water, lemon oils and waters. Just um, that there's good alternatives to spray insecticides. And then the final one, garden products. So fertilizers like your collar um, and compost. So fertilizers actually are, tend to be one of the safer toxins. Um, they don't cause a lot of lasting effects. Some of them in high enough amounts can cause seizures, usually within the first 48 hours of ingestion. So I don't know how much later your collar's um, pet experienced the seizure. If it was a week or two out, I wouldn't expect it to be um, related. Um, not saying that it couldn't be, but those are usually acute effects. Compost is a bad, bad deal for dogs and cats. Comp getting into compost um, can cause these guys to go into acute liver failure, and it can be fatal. So a lot of people are... You know, we recycle and we trying to be healthy. Yeah, for the we save all of our food scraps and everything and compost. Um, if your pet gets into compost, don't call ASPCA. Drive to your vet, and we need to get that out of their system as soon as possible. So that would and be why the is one. that? Um, it's just it's so toxic. The, there's molds and things okay. in there that um, can cause that. So our takeaway here today is there's so many things that your pets can get into. And as vets and vet techs, we can't know all of them, and we can't look. It's just, it's, there, it's imaginable, right? Yeah. So the best thing you can do for your pet is to have the ASPCA poison control number handy. Give them a call first 
and see if it's even a problem. Some of there, sometimes there's never even a problem. Sometimes they need immediate attention, and ASPCA sends us a treatment plan with doses and what tests to run, and they're so helpful. So that should be the first place that any pet owner goes if you're suspicious that your animal got into something. And what's the phone number for them? So ASPCA Poison Control is 888-426-4435. Okay, well, thank you so much for all of that information. And if there's anything else you'd like to add, we've got another minute, but um, we can we can wrap up there if that's, that's all. That's a lot of toxicity things to watch out for. <laughs> Yeah, dogs and cats like to eat. I think it's their job to eat things they're not supposed to, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, All their yeah. instincts and can I, get them in trouble. <laughs> they do want to eat and shocked what they don't want to eat. So <laughs> well, seem to be rhyme yeah, well, thank you so much for all that information and um, for helping us keep our pets safe and healthy. Um, great to hear from you today. You too. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, have a good weekend. Okay, okay thanks. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,